Hey, so hey, everybody from New Community. Thanks for checking in with our podcast. Um, my name is Greg Conley. I have the privilege of serving as one of the elders um, at Newcom, and myself and Brittany Conley. Hey, guys. Uh, have the, the privilege of interviewing <laughs> Melanie Scott. Hello. So one of the things um, that we've been trying to do in the midst of this super bizarre um, time with, with COVID-19 is just get to know uh, people in the church. Hope Prince, one of our elders, was on a podcast last week, and this week we are interviewing Melanie. Um, and so to give you a quick intro of who Melanie is and what she means to us, Brittany is going to take over. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we <laughs> uh, we are hearing today from Melanie. Um, Melanie is a good friend of both Greg and I, um, and a longtime friend. Uh, she is someone who is as goofy as she is sentimental. Um, she's an old next door neighbor of ours. She is a pop loving, trendsetting. Tried and true Enneagram number four. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Here's Melanie Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to mention my number. It is uh, so funny. Um, I'd love to say a, a quick thing about the Conleys as well. Um, uh, we were texting about this earlier when we were coordinating this, and this is very full circle to me because um, I think my faith was kind of reignited at the same time as meeting these two. So, um, I met them and then started coming to new community many years ago. And so this is really fun. Um, they, we've been through a lot together, great and hard and bad. And I think that these two know me, um, the best other than my family. And so everyone gets to hear kind of our relationship, which is really fun. That's it. Cool. That's all I got. <laughs> cool. No, that's perfect. Um, yeah, like like Pritt said and Mel said, this is a this is a pretty cool deal because um, we mm -hmm. the Scots are some of our closest friends, and um, we've been able to kind of watch Kyle and Melanie's relationship from from its inception to them getting married to them having kids, and oh my gosh, uh, just walking through life together. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, okay, Mel. Before we get into uh, more adult serious questions. You mm -hmm. are uh, the youth director at Newcom. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And being the youth director at Newcom, there are a number of things I'm sure that you discuss with your kids uh, that I just want to ask you a bunch of questions that they will appreciate. And even if um, the, the non-kid population at Newcom doesn't get, I'm going to ask anyways. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, I guess so. This yes. is rapid fire. We gotta, we gotta. Oh my gosh. You're going to kill it, Mel. Answer, answer okay. and roll. Answer and roll. Okay, ready? Okay. Okay, what is your full name? Melanie Dawn Scott. What is your favorite color? Favorite color, probably black. What is your least favorite kind of food? Oh, least favorite, uh, shoot. This is, um, uh, probably beets. I hate beets. Okay. I hate them. Uh, what is what is your biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve? 
Uh, okay, uh, this is gonna be annoying. I don't actually have many pet peeves that have been made fun of my whole life that I need to be more particular. I'm a very non-particular person, so I don't have many pet peeves except for, um, maybe, uh, I don't, I honestly, I can't think of anything on the spot. If someone chews too loud, just like typical manners, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting because one of my yeah. biggest pet peeves is when people don't have a pet peeve. Really? Uh, no, it's not. No, no it's, it's not. not. Uh, Backstreet Boys are in sync. In sync, all the way. Ellie Goulding or Ariana Grande? Ellie Goulding or Ariana Grande? First that's off, what uh, I asked you. yeah, that's no comparison. It's Ariana, by the way, Whatever. not Ariana. Uh, Nicki Minaj or Cardi B? Nicki. Wow, I did not see that coming. I know. Uh, I know. Drake? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, is water wet? Is water wet? I've answered this so many times in youth group. I would say no. Water makes things wet. Hmm. Okay? Like if you touch water, your hands are wet or your, the table is wet. You wouldn't touch the table and be like, man, that water is so wet. Hmm. Uh. Quality of wetness <laughs> emanates from the water and yet the water isn't wet. I'm curious. Uh, oh my gosh. Do you know how to do the renegade? Uh, okay. <laughs> Actually, I probably know how to do the first part of it, to be honest. I know how to do the, um, other ones. I know how the to do other which ones? Is the one that I just learned. Yeah. There's other, I forget what they're called. I know two of them. Yeah. There's one where like three dudes do it and a dad does it. And it's like, if any kids know that tune, they know what that is. So, yeah, yeah. That's good. Renegade's not cool anymore. Uh, it's still pretty cool. Uh, okay. If you could have a billboard with anything on it to represent you, what would it be and why? Yeah. Uh, okay. To represent me? Yeah. Uh, I don't, to represent me? Uh, shoot. Um, you know, I would love a billboard that just says good morning, nothing else to break from all of the loudness. Just like, don't like, isn't that so cool? If you're driving and you just see like a blue billboard and it just white text, good morning, nothing else. It's just that it's not advertising anything. It's not pushing you to buy anything. It's just, and it's just, that's like, it's, it's appreciated, you know? Yeah, I do know. No, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. You made it through the rapid fire round. Brittany is now nice. to take over. Okay. Oh man, I'm glad I wasn't asked those questions, and I'm really glad you're the youth director, not me. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, Melanie. First question for you: uh, How long have you been working with teenagers? With teenagers, uh, um, I. Uh, interestingly, I've worked with teenagers ever since I was a teenager. So I graduated from CV and was immediately started coaching at um, University High School, Dance and Color Guard. Um, and then after university, I was recruited to go to CV. So um, yeah, I kind of have always been around teenagers. There was a, a couple years that I didn't is when I, I quit coaching. And then that's when um, I decided to spend more time at new community um, uh, kids, and that's when I joined the third through fifth kind of small group. Um, but I've kind of always been around them since I was a teenager, um, weirdly enough. Yeah. 
Uh, what do you like most about it? Um, I love big picture, um, like the opportunity with teens and young minds is massive. Um, and I look at it, I go at it as a, as an opportunity to create leaders. Um, and they're so moldable and at least the way you approach it, they can, can be so moldable. Um, and I kind of am a nerd and I'm highly optimistic and I see like the saying kids these days, I would love to change that narrative to be like a positive thing. Um, so that's what gets me jacked and excited about working with specifically this age. That's cool. Love that. Um, okay. So we'll get into this a little bit later, but you have a, a unique background in terms of church history. Um, I'm so unique. <laughs> did you did you ever see yourself working for a church? No, definitely not. No, never, ever. Did I ever in my <laughs> ever years living was I saying, yes, I will work at a church someday. <laughs> um, no, uh, to be honest, when the opportunity came up, I um, really got excited about it and immediately wanted to apply. But honestly paused because of how much I wanted it. And I um, definitely felt the spirit moving me in that direction, but I knew I had no experience whatsoever. Um, I didn't, I never went to youth group. I was never part of a youth group. I was ever. And so I knew that I was going to be coming in blind um, but I loved teens and I loved what they were going, what they go through right now. Um, and then I also love Jesus and I love the word. So I was like, maybe that's enough. Um, and so, yeah, through the process, I just kind of took a leap of faith and then cried throughout all of it. <laughs> uh, I don't think either of you know that, but through the whole application process, I cried a lot through it, especially once after with the elders, because it was just, so glaring in my face how little I knew, um, but how much I was still pushed towards this position. I'm not saying that like I was the perfect candidate, but it was just something, it was an opportunity that I felt like I needed to take. Um, and then I don't know where I read it or when I did or something, but it was right before I was offered the position I read that Jesus doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And that's just been my motto ever since that whenever I don't feel equipped or that I don't know what I'm doing, uh, other people do. And also um, he makes up for my faults. And so I still don't, I, I just like pause and I'm like, why well, I'm working at a church <laughs> and I can't believe it. But um, yeah, I just, I kind of just keep with that motto and keep moving forward because it's been really amazing. And I really, really like our kids. Okay. Can you, I love what you said there. Can you, can you repeat that phrase you've been holding on to? Can you say it like one more time so mm -hmm. that they can hear it again? Uh, so God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I do want to say really quick that when like that sounds really powerful, he's like, oh, he's teaching you and you're learning. And that's powerful to say, but it's so hard to do. Like this has been, and I'll get into this later as like, um, I think someone talking about like, oh, you're running youth group. It sounds like that sounds like anyone can do it. You just jump in and kids want to just have fun. Um, but I, uh, 
I don't know, it's really hard for me and especially because I'm coming from no experience. So being becoming qualified is um, really hard and it's a journey for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's I a think powerful, I'll add to that though. Now. Oh, sorry, Gregor. No, no, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I think Mel, um, one thing you do, not one thing, one of many things you do really, really well <laughs> is um, you are open to all and every feedback and I remember you and I in your living room, like talking about this position and me being on staff just for um, a year and then Mm -hmm. us realizing like, oh, wow, we could, this could actually happen. And Mm -hmm. um, you just uh, bringing it up at small group and us praying over it. And then you sent you asking like, okay, I need ideas. What did you guys do when you were in junior high? Like, <laughs> let me write a yeah. list. Like, let's, let's brainstorm. How do we do this? And um, yeah. I just, I've always appreciated that about you is you are um, so good about just being like, yep, I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, <laughs> let's get everyone's feedback and um, make this something. And um, and you're phenomenal at what you do. So I just really awesome. appreciate that about you. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, so so you've talked about running a youth group and the challenges that that presents, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll kind of dive into um, the youth ministry stuff. But you're also mm-hmm. uh, you're also a part of a larger church staff, right? So you're mm-hmm. you're part of a church staff of six. Um, what are your roles like as it pertains to the rest of the staff? Like, what, what do, what, how do I, how am I compared to the whole staff? Is that no, no, no. Just like, how do you, like, when do you guys interact? Like, what are the things that you have to yeah. do separate from the youth ministry? What do I do separate from, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're all, we all, I mean, we all collaborate on everything. Like, Russ's head teacher, and so even though he is, he'll bring up what he wants to teach, or if he needs some inspiration, then we all jump in and um, bring in ideas. Um, we also, when, whatever anyone's working with, Julie with small groups or anything, um, and they have an idea or they're running with anything, they'll bring it to the group and everyone jumps in to give opinions and thoughts. Um um, I know that when uh, if there's a project and then all hands on deck type of situation, that's uh, what we jump into. I mean, everyone um, collaborates with as well. Um, yeah. And then just as a greater community church, we are a church body. And so we all have hands with, I mean, not just youth. I want to connect with their parents and their parents' friends and stuff like that to make it a whole um, holistic um, kind of approach for all of us yeah okay so it sounds like uh the staff collaborates quite a bit is that fair to say mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. yeah and you guys in order to do that uh you probably have to like each other and work well together is that a fair assumption as well yes i think i know what direction you're going right now <laughs> uh, <laughs> how, how often do you guys meet <laughs> every week every at week. least uh at least once a week on Mondays, and then I'll jump in um, Wednesdays every so often. Okay. And what is that meeting on Monday like in terms of length? Uh, varies. 
Um, but usually like nine to eleven thirty ish. Okay. But it's gone longer um, at times. Oh, it goes longer. I see. So, <laughs> I see. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. When you really like people and you collaborate a bunch and you have these positive relationships and things and you meet, uh-huh. there's the shadow side of that that sometimes the, uh-huh. uh, the close relationships can bring this like sense of tension once in a while. So here's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. on staff, let's just pretend it's just the three of us and nobody's listening to this podcast. It's not a big deal. <laughs> We're oh just God. having Great. a conversation in your living room. <laughs> Who is the worst staff member in staff meetings? Like the person you want to like shake or kick in the shins or punch in the arm or something. Like the person you're like, okay, uh-huh. knock it off. We got to get going. Okay. 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 Um, okay. I have two answers for this. Oh, good. Both okay. for different reasons. Uh, I'm you. Okay. I don't know if you guys know this saying, but the kids will definitely definitely know. We definitely need some tea on this podcast, so this is the tea. Um, <laughs> Love it. I can't wait for the tea. I know. Okay. So, um, okay. First person I'll have to say is Russ. Okay. Um, there's times where he'll it's not all the time, but sometimes he'll come to a meeting and he'll be like. Okay, guys, and he'll bring like a situation or a topic or something, and he's like, throw on the table, this is what I'm thinking, let's spitball. And it's like a really heavy thing, usually, something really serious or heavy. And I'm just like, oh gosh, I haven't had any time to like think about this or anything. And he'll say anything. Okay, so here's my idea. (laughs) And he'll just like, (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) do we get a day? Um, so that's sometimes where I'm like, man, I don't even know what's going on. Like, could we had a heads up or something? That's a, a that's one. Um, but the other thing that I want to support Russ in is that sometimes he can be a dreamer and he gets poked fun at when uh, he says this is gonna be easy, and then they say it's not gonna be easy. Um, I can be on that. Um, that I can walk that line too of being a dreamer. Um, and so then the second person I would say is Kevin. Um, cause Kevin is the team realist. <laughs> he like brings everyone down and he's like, <laughs> not, like down, but he's going to be like, okay, let's go to reality. What the heck is going on? We can't actually like, this is not the time for this or something. And so then that's the time where I'm like, Kevin, like, come on, let, I can do it. I will pull the weight and it'll be great. Um, so yeah, two people, different reasons. They're also the two males in the group. So, I mean, I had to, you know, take those shots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really uh, glad you said that. That's my favorite. <laughs> okay. I'll second that. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Thanks, Will. Um, okay. On a little bit more serious <laughs> note, um, mm-hmm. Melanie, you have quite a different background than most of mm-hmm. us do. And actually, probably a lot, a lot of people don't uh, know about it. Mm-hmm. So. I was hoping, or Greg and I were hoping you could mm-hmm. share a little bit about your church background and mm-hmm. maybe what it was like or how it influenced you growing up. Okay. Um, I had to write some notes about this because I can be long-winded <laughs> about this stuff, and I'm trying not to take up. This is my past, so it's not, uh, I don't know, it's a lot. Um, so um, I was baptized as a baby, uh, Catholic. Um, I did the whole receive my first Holy Communion, became an altar girl, um, 
server. Um, but I want to be clear. Uh, I don't know how I became a server. Okay. Uh, I know you're supposed to take a year of classes and all these things. I maybe went to one class. I did get like this, um, pendant. I wore a white dress to the whole ceremony. I don't know how I got there. I didn't know what was going on. So I don't want to say that was a huge, like, I don't know, like it wasn't a huge upbringing or anything. I think I was kind of forced into it, not really understanding what was going on. But I mean, it's a memory. Um, We went to mass every Christmas and Easter. And I think, I mean, it was walking distance. So we did every so often. Um, But again, I wasn't really taught anything. I think I memorized a few um, things we would say, but I mean, it wasn't like a strong, I'm a Catholic, I'm telling people kind of thing. Um, I didn't really know the story of Jesus really, I just saw the stained glass windows kind of situation, um, of like the progression of him holding a cross. Um, and then, <laughs> but then when I was in high school, my, my whole high school career, I was baptized again, um, going into high school, LDS or Mormon is more, um, people know that word better. Um, and yeah, that's when I took my faith very seriously and very intentionally. And I had seminary every day. Um, that's when you go to school and you learn for about two hours a day about whatever book you were in at the time. Um, I went through, what did I go through? I went through New Testament, Book of Mormon, and then Doctrine and Covenants. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just like fell in love then and was completely immersed in that community, lost all of my friends who weren't Mormon because of, I just, I don't know, that's just how the, I don't know, that world goes. Um, and then once I graduated high school, my whole family left that church for many reasons and I was kind of the last to leave. Um, and then I lost all my friends again because of, uh, probably about the same reasons I had to find my new community, my, not new community, but my, <laughs> my new, uh, circle of people. And that took a little while. Um, I tried, I, I don't know, church hopped for a little bit through my college years, um, and was very confused and frustrated. Um, but, uh, I I knew I wanted to be intentional. I was trying to be uh, be as intentional as I could with whatever I was going to have, what was going to happen next. Um, and then the place that kept me around was new community. So that's a very high, very very high level of I guess how I was raised. <laughs> so going Catholic to Mormon to new community. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> How how does that uniquely shape how you approach faith now? Um, I think because I saw faith lived out in so many different ways, um, it's taken a lot of fear out of me that I think that I need to be living, like that there's a specific right way. Um, and so... Uh, I think when you're exposed to so many different things and so many different beliefs, um, you have a fear that if you're doing it right, and is this the right way? Um, But my goal and what is right for me, and I think what is true, is to just keep learning um, and reading and having Jesus be my teacher. Um, After leaving, which was 
10 years now. It's my 10 year reunion wow. <laughs> after leaving. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Um, I know that was my, the start of my pursuit um, of being interested in knowing more. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I did not want to take any information blindly. Um, I love challenging narratives <laughs> when people have certain ways of living their life. I'm the first to ask why and challenge it. Um, just because I, the way I feel, I guess, is I've been duped before and I don't want to be duped again. I'm, I take my faith and decisions I make really seriously. Um, so that's kind of how I live out my faith. I think it's really important to have one, but I think it's also important to be very intentional and to not just, just go with the breeze. Totally. I love that about you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So with all that in mind, uh, how does that shape how you do ministry? Yeah. Um, so again, I was not raised with the youth group or anything, so I'm just going off of my own experience, but also I do like, use my like my community as a sounding board but um I think so my life has changed a lot throughout my years and so if my goal this year like I this year I want to make sure half of my group is baptized um that would be kind of going against everything that I've been through so what has shaped me is that I'm a very big picture kind of person, maybe a big picture teacher. Um, And I want to meet my kids in 10 years and see how they're living out their faith and how they're, what decisions they're making then. Um, I know that, um, I know that Young Life does a thing, their camp, like the last day you stand up and you say that you, you know, gave your life to Jesus. And I think that's really beautiful, Um, even though that's not probably an angle that I would take in my youth group. If any of my kids went through that um, and added that to their testimony, I would totally just live with them through that, through that um, to teach them more about Jesus and more about themselves and how I can support them. Um, So I think that is a really beautiful thing. I just... I think that I've learned that I think knowledge is powerful and little things are powerful. And I don't know if I can explain this very well. I think, I guess I don't know how to end the thought. I just want to teach them about Jesus <laughs> and I hope to see them in 10 years and that they're doing okay. I mean, honestly, I think too, if, Mel. Oh, right, I was good. just going to say if, if there's any, <laughs> if there's any single thing <laughs> that you want to do, teaching them about Jesus is, certainly number one of them so that's like a comforting thought <laughs> probably number one yeah yeah for sure um i was gonna add too i think mel um you and i had the opportunity oh golly was it like a couple months ago beginning of this year um where you and i went on a two-day retreat um just to pray and yeah. brainstorm kind of the trajectory of the two ministries of kids come all the way up through youth. And, um, I think one thing that you and I really focused on was like who the kids are in their identity in Christ and, um, Mm -hmm. making sure that we are encouraging and supporting their curiosity, um, with questions Mm -hmm. and, um, and just letting them know like who they are, that they are loved, that they, Mm-hmm. are um 
wonderfully made that they, you know, Mm -hmm. these things that we, you know, we want them to know that that's who God says they are and that, um, Mm. that they know that when they're all the way from babies to Mm. 18, (laughs) when they go up to college, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just, I appreciate your um, take on the kids and what you're supporting and in the youth. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's a really hard, it's an interesting age because sometimes I think that um, whoever is teaching them, that's how they're getting to know God. Um, And so then when they're in college or something, they can have really conflicting feelings and thoughts um, if they don't have like the word to back up um, what they're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think the biggest thing that I, at least I want them to know from me specifically separate from actual stories is just, I want to make sure they know that I want to understand them and that I want to know them. And so then when they're in college that they know that God wants to understand them and they, and he wants to know them and to fight for them. And so I think, yeah, I think I'm, I'm really sensitive with that college age because I know that that's when things get messy and hard. And so I just, yeah, I want to support them once they get to that stage for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, next question, Mel, uh, what Mm -hmm. is your family like now? Ah, I love my family. Um, so I have been married for only four years, which that's like no time at all, but I feel like I've known him for longer, but I've been married for four years to Kyle. Um, and we have a one-year-old Audrey who is, um, our daughter and is the best little miss Audrey James Scott. She is pretty wonderful. Pretty wonderful. Um, okay. So what has been the, the best part of transitioning into motherhood? Mm. Oh my gosh. I love this. I'm going to share this story that I've shared to a few people. Cause I think it's funny. Um, transitioning has been hilarious because, uh, it's just funny to like get to know Kyle and myself and Audrey, like how we all, like how our family unit is going to be, you know, like I know so many family units and they have like a vibe or they have an energy and it's, you can just call it out. And so, um, it's just really, it's really fun to, I don't know. It's just so fun to be a parent and to nerd out with your kids. Um, it's also funny cause I have found, I think I doubted myself a lot before I was a mom. Um, and when I became a mom, something switched where like, I just, something in me just like fell off emotionally in a good way, <laughs> in a good way. I promise you, I'm a highly emotional person that was needed. Um, for example, for example, I'm sitting, so I had a C-section and I'm sitting on the bed and I can't move. My legs are just non-working and a nurse comes in and she goes, oh my gosh, would you love a bath for your baby? And I say, yeah, she probably, yeah, she hasn't had one yet. Totally. Let's do it. And she's like, okay, I will get the bath and I'll be back in a couple hours. And I'm like, super. That sounds great. It's awesome. Uh, she probably has guck on her. I think that'd be great. So she leaves, she comes back and she's just like this. I just like, she's like mother Teresa. 
I'm here to bathe your child. And I'm like, okay, like you can grab her. She's just, Get she's over it. there. <laughs> Get up with it. And so she's giving her this bath and then Kyle's parents are there and they're kind of, Kyle's parents are like that as well. They're very nurturing. Like I just, they're really great in that way. And so then she's giving her a bath and they all like kind of give me this look like, oh my gosh, like she's 10 feet away from her baby and she's not experiencing the first bath. This is going to, oh my gosh, this is probably so awful. And I just, (laughs) I just like, it was such a realization for me that I'm like, there's this part of me that I totally lost. And I'm like, no, I don't care. That's not my first bath. Like I'll be the third when I get to the home, it's fine. So I just feel like a part of me uh, has like, I don't know, grown up or, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm less uh, <laughs> fearful. I'm less caring in very tiny ways. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> that was a very uh, long story. No, I'm sorry good. if you kept this in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really good. Uh, okay. And, and maybe a little bit more of a, I'm going off script here, maybe a little bit more of a window yeah. into why, like help people understand why that's a big deal for you. So as an Enneagram four, feelings and emotions and the way you view the world is pretty wrapped up in that stuff so talk about why that is a good thing for you and that way people don't think that you're a monster for not missing the bath of your your child cool yeah oh i love being a mom because i'm less uh, i'm less caring um no so a four on the enneagram is probably the most they call it the most um complex number which i do not think it's the most complex number i think it's trying to speak to an enneagram four for us to be like yes i am the most complex (laughs) um we're like the the artists the melodramatic the ones that are happy in sadness kind of thing and our identity is wrapped up into whatever emotion we're feeling Mm -hmm. um and that has been uh very true to like years ago in my life of like whatever i'm feeling that's what my reality is. Um, and also that goes with my identity. So however I'm feeling, that's how people see me. Like that's not just my world, that's everyone's world. And so then I need to act a certain way. I need to act as, I need to act on things a certain way for them to know how I'm feeling and so that they know my identity. Um, and that's honestly gone, the unhealthy part of that has gone a, a lot, at least right now in my stage of life. Because, uh, I don't know, Audrey came and I'm like, man, uh, man, it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't need to become, I don't need to, to copy other moms that I've seen. I can just be me. And then that's it because I love her and she knows that. And, um, yeah, just, yeah. If anyone's an Enneagram four out there, I hope you can, um, relate to that. It's, uh, annoying thing about being a four. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome i mean there does seem to be a deeper sense of like security in you and knowing like mm-hmm. hey this is what it is and this is how i feel and it doesn't define me uh but i'm also not going to yeah. deny it or like freak out about it and then you get to move forward yeah um, not a big deal and that's cool yeah yeah i think that's uh if anyone knows chris t sort he is a friend of ours that um currently is um moved away and he's coming back we all know it um (laughs) uh, and he came back to visit and i'll never forget he came back to visit after or was i no i was pregnant and that was the start of that transition and he said he was like you seem way more at peace and i was like yeah i 
feel more at peace. Like I don't feel like I'm trying to, yeah. And so, yeah, that was a testament to that for sure. Mm. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, in addition to Audrey, there is Mr. Kyle Scott. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we all love Kyle, but, um, yeah. Mel, I want to hear from you. What's your favorite thing about your husband? Uh, favorite thing about Kyle is he can forget anything hard or depressing or sad or anything and just be a kid with me. And I love that. Like literal 11 year olds kind of being turns together. So that's my favorite thing about him. I couldn't do that with anyone else. Uh, <laughs> I will second that. I think uh, on the flip side, Greg and I are probably the opposite uh, in that regard to Mel and Kyle. <laughs> uh, both firstborns totally. and get a, get a lot done in our, uh, but uh, all that to say, that is something that I yeah. really, really appreciate about the two of you and has pushed Greg and I to be um, stretched and probably for the better. Um, to yeah, be our, playful. our shoulders come down when we hang out with you guys. Right? Like we get to enjoy being playful and being like that. It's awesome. It's Goofy. the best. It is. <laughs> yeah. They always yeah. say like marry someone who's gonna like make you better, and so yeah. then we found a couple who's gonna make us as a couple better. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> total opposites <laughs> so many ways and so good uh so okay cool that's great about kyle i uh, love that um but what is the weirdest thing about him that annoys you oh easiest thing that annoys me is uh kyle and i are very like in some ways like identical and then we are complete opposites in many things and one of the things is we debate all the time is he is very particular about systems and routines and loves like he has his morning down to a science. He has his values typed out and laminated and recites them out loud <laughs> every morning. That's so opposite of me. Like it couldn't be more opposite. And so, for example, if that's not annoying to you some of these people are gonna be like he sounds amazing okay this is every day okay this is not just a one person he is amazing okay, for so, the record okay he is amazing okay, <laughs> but we're talking about how he's annoying <laughs> so for example where I, I look around and i say oh man the house is kind of a mess can we clean up really quick and so a normal person aka myself would just tidy up and then we're good to go and we can move on with our lives. Kyle does help tidy up, but then we'll go on and on about how we need a system and that we need an alarm to go off at 7.30 every night where we can clean up and make sure that we never get this bad ever again. And I just listen and then I just move on with my life. <laughs> but we currently have an Alexa that goes off at 7.30 every night to remind us to clean and no one moves. So that's why it's annoying is because... <laughs> Some, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yep. Um, okay, we're going to pivot uh, yep. to youth ministry, and then we're going to land the plane here. Um, <clears throat> so how long have you been in the job? Uh, since September. So, yeah. Okay. A few months. So, yeah, so... Coming up on seven months or so. Um, what has been, given this a, a new job and kind of a new world for you, um, you've talked about how you didn't have a youth group run up. 
Um, what yeah. has been what has been kind of the most eye opening aspect of the job for you? Uh, ooh, okay. Uh, just how ignorant I am. And I use ignorant as not a negative thing to say, no, ignorant can be a very positive thing. You just don't know what you don't know. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, honestly, it's still eye opening every meeting. I feel like I'm just so, I just, I just don't know <laughs> many things regarding how a church runs or like sure. how, like a church staff is, I feel like every meeting I'm just like, Oh, okay. That's yeah. That's, I learned something new and it's not even that I should have been learning it. I should be in the word and progressing my own spiritual path, but it's just, I just don't know. We're just like, I'm going through my first year as a staff and it's Easter's coming up and it's, Oh, okay. Oh yeah. That happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. We have to plan that. That's new. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just my own weaknesses, um, with that, I think has been eye opening. It's just how I feel a fish out of water sometimes, most of the time. Sure. <laughs> yeah. How you found it, um, that those surprises have been like a growing experience for you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I have learned to ask questions as much as I can but also just to not, uh, I guess, create a negative internal dialogue about it. Mm -hmm. It's just what it is. I'm here to learn. I'm here to move. I'm here to just go and help. Um, and so then when it's something I don't know, then I just ask questions and then I start implementing um, things that I feel confident in. So I think that I, uh, I don't know that I've grown through my weaknesses yet, but I have learned I'm a control freak. Um, that's a big weakness of mine is that I need, I, that's a constant thing I need to work on is letting go of control. And so this whole experience of not knowing what's next kind of helps me trust in the people around me and trust God and just, um, be really present in that and then move forward when I feel confident, but to never put myself down for things that I don't know, because I will learn. Sure. Yeah. Love that. Um, Mel, so in addition to what you are learning um, in your growth, mm -hmm. what is the um, coolest growth that you've seen in the kids in the youth? Um, I think the coolest so growth with our group is just as a whole, I think, as um, of all ages um, throughout this year, they've taken a lot more ownership and value in our group. Um, I think when I first started, it felt a little and I don't know if it's just because I was new or whatever. It felt a little like I was walking in and the energy was very OK. What like entertain me kind of kind of vibe like what's like just kind of not really kids connecting with each other, but more mm -hmm. of just, okay, like I'm a, I'm a show or something. I'm a movie like, that they're waiting for me to play, you know? Right. They're here to and like att attend something. Yeah, exactly. It felt more yeah. of like an attendance and not involvement. That's, that, that's a great distinguisher. Um, and so I think whatever we've been doing all year, <laughs> whatever we've been doing as <laughs> like, I haven't <laughs> planned any of it. <laughs> Um, uh, 
I think right now, at least how you'll have to ask the kids, but how I feel about it is it feels like they feel um, a little more grown into becoming the older ones feel a little more uh, leader focused. Um, they kind of will have an understanding to participate in discussion. Um, and if you don't have an attitude, then you're going to have a great time. So I feel like that's a pretty across the board that we still, every time is a new thing. So it's still entertaining. Um, but they kind of have an overall respect for youth group, which I just am so thankful for. I love them and they have done a really great job at that. Mm-hmm. It seems like, um, like, so every month, um, the mm-hmm. kids group, third, fourth, fifth, um, mm-hmm. kids small group that Mel used, you and I used to be, um, co-leaders for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get the opportunity once a month to have, um, to be there at the same time that you guys are doing youth mm-hmm. and yeah. which is super cool. And it just feels, I, I think the vibe is just this, like, this new community, this new community of youth mm-hmm. that are, um, growing with each other. And, um, mm-hmm. I think there's a, a sense of, um, like partnership and respect and, um, encouragement a- amongst, um, the youth that even totally. amongst them, but then also even like the younger kids that are in like kids come. Cause, mm. um, the youth, for those who don't know the youth, uh, they volunteer like once a month with, um, the kids come classes and, um, get to go back to their, um, old classes and encourage those that are, um, in kids com. It's just really cool to see that like cohesion and that support. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like they, they're just these like young, young leaders, like young adults <laughs> that are, they're just, um, yeah, you can just tell there's like a really cool, community that, um, I think you have intentionally created and fostered and, um, cultivated. So kudos girl. Cool. Cool. They're cool kids. They are really cool kids. Um, okay, Mel, youth, you've Mm -hmm. been here for seven months. We've been on staff together seven months, one year from now, uh, you could dream what, um, Mm -hmm. what would youth look like? Cool. Um, so I try to hold myself back a little bit and just take every school year as it comes. Um, so in a year, honestly, in a couple months, um, we're going to have a lot more high schoolers. Um, there's a wave, um, that are graduating high school. So that's going to be the biggest focus for the next coming year. So in one year, um, I want things up and running to just complement that. So that's things looking like football tailgates. I know Britt, you and I have talked about this because I'm really excited about it. (laughs) I'm a blabbermouth. So, um, but then, um, but also just to cultivate more time just for the high schoolers to be together, um, just so we can have more age appropriate conversations and asking harder questions and, um, so honestly, that's a super simple answer, but that's the biggest focus I'm going, um, the, the biggest focus I'm focusing on <laughs> right now um, is to accommodate that switch, which I'm just so excited about. And I know that they are really excited about. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think too, cool. the one yeah. thing that um, I love about new communities, we're not about um, programs, like having it be, you know, these big wowie zowie, like, look, what we're doing next mm-hmm. and this and this. It's like, no, it's about the kids. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what you're doing is you're making it about the kids, about these high schoolers, mm-hmm. about these middle schoolers and cultivating the relationships there. 
um, and yeah. teaching them about Jesus along the way. So yeah, I love that. Hopefully. Babe. Awesome. Stay tuned. Hopefully. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, okay, Mel. So <clears throat> we've spent uh, 49 minutes and 44 seconds um, going through this. Is there anything that you, that we haven't covered you want to share or talk about or um, cover? Um, I don't know. I actually, uh, I think I might want to give a shout out to um, parents, honestly, a co- combination of parents and my youth leaders. Um, this was kind of like a get to know you kind of podcast, which I really appreciate the kind of like hey, I was hired to be a youth person. Here's more about me and stuff. So that's really cool. But um, I could not do any of this without the support of the parents that have like donated so much time and items and um, bringing their kids and giving me ideas. I just really appreciate that. And also the leaders that um, pull the weight and connect with the kids and actually make things happen. Um, so um, as much as I love a pedestal <laughs> and a mic, <laughs> I won't uh, shy away from that fact about myself. <laughs> um, it's not about like, it's not just all I have made maybe half of the decisions this year. It's about, um, I don't know, everyone else's um, combined effort for this group that um, is turning out to be really beautiful and it's just a start. So I'm excited to see how it grows. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, it, that's like, that's uh, I mean, that's, that's what you want in terms of any community, right? That there's a collective ownership, mm-hmm. um, not just like yeah. the, the one great man or woman who's, who's running things from the front. So that's a testament totally. to a community you fostered and, and the people that are, that are a part of new community. So that's cool. I like our church, you know? Yeah, I do know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice. uh, so thanks for um, for sticking with us, Newcom, if you did. Um, wow, and and good on you. Uh, but 49 minutes later, that <laughs> that is Melanie Scott. We're we're grateful for her being on staff um, and what she brings to um, to our leadership and to our church. Um, thank you from Britt and I, and, and then thank you, Melanie, for for spending the time to share a bit about yourself. Thank you so much. I. Thank you for volunteering to um, host this. Uh, you guys are awesome. Yeah. And with that, we will sign off. Cool. All right. Bye, guys.